Hello there and welcome to the Get French Football News preview show. I'm Nathan Staples and joining me this evening is Adam White. With one cup final in the rearview mirror, another is now on the horizon. But who will be occupying it? All of that and more after the latest headlines. Rennes outlasted Lyon 3-2 to advance to the Coupe de France final on Tuesday night. Rami Ben Sabaini's winner put pay to Bruno Genesio's reported new contract as virtues seemed to circle above Legon for that head coaching job. The Brittany side will be meeting Paris Saint-Germain, who won 3-0 over Nantes on Wednesday. Kylian Mbappe scored and missed a penalty, while Koulibaly saw red for two bookable offences for the defeated Canaries. In Ligue 1, Strasbourg picked up back... Well, picked up right where they left off by winning the Coupe de Ligue final with a thumping 4-0 win over high-flying Ras. As Gengup continued to bury their hands in the sand with a 2-0 loss at Montpellier. That's all for now, but remember, to, for all the latest in news in the world of French football, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We'll start this week with those cup games. And Adam, the more interesting one, I suppose, for most listeners will be the fact that Rennes are in the final. A lot hope that Lyon would, would kind of get there, given that they've been PSG's kryptonite, but they mm. couldn't quite outlast the Britain side. But <laughs> a little bit of a funny affair after the game, because we were all anticipating from reports beforehand that Genesio was going to be announced on a new two-year deal, but that did not seem to suffice. No, it didn't. It was the, the keeper reporting uh, over the weekend and earlier this week that, you know, he was he was it was sort of been up in the air, hasn't it, all season? We seem to discuss Genesio's future on a regular basis and and, and his contract uh, having coming to, was coming to the end of last season and he got an extension for this season and um it seemed that he was gonna be offered a, a new two year deal with an option for a third based on Champions League qualification um over the next few seasons and um at the time it didn't really it seemed a little bit of a formality given the, how strong the strong reports were but uh, as, as you mentioned leon leon failed to win the semi-final with ren uh, on tuesday night and it turns out that that contract offer was conditional on one leon making the champions league um at the end of the season and making the, the coup de france final and one of those objectives already hasn't been fulfilled and uh, that was sort of a bizarre situation after the game where that sort of uh, contract was was sort of rejected and you all asked uh, the Leon president Jean Michel all asked battling with with reporters and 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 uh, and the like and and Genesio seems to act like he's he's out now um that there's no way back from from this situation that's the, that's the sense that I get the feeling I get from 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 the from the from the press conference and the news that's come out since and Genesio's sort of talking I think he, he was quoted to say I'm going to leave the club as I found it in the Champions League so which suggests he's, he thinks that the, the deal is done and and it's a it's a bizarre situation. I mean, because um, it, it, to, to make such a huge decision on based on the result of one game, I realised that it was a relatively important game, but in in the sort of the medium term future. But although we're at, you're absolutely right that Leon are PSG's bogey team to some extent, and but I, I I still would have felt that PSG would have been huge favourites at a final. And Leon have only been PSG's bogey team at home at at um, at Park Oel at the Group Palmer Stadium, and they haven't threatened them at all outside of that context. So 
getting to a final and losing as opposed to being a losing semi-finalist. I don't know if that's enough to say this manager is good enough for us or this manager isn't good enough for us. So uh, an unusual situation, but um seems like Genesio is is finally after sort of the, he's been the, nine, the manager of nine lives in French football um it seems like he's finally on his way out and talk of Rafa Benitez and one or two others which would be interesting but yeah it seems like changes of foot at Lyon yeah probably in a sense rightfully so I think if you're flip-flopping that much on someone based on one result then you weren't really that committed in the first place uh, an entertaining game though and, and credit to to Ren some great goals in this one and so it felt like for a time that they they went in front through uh, Mbai Niang a good crossing and a, a bit of lackadaisical defending but they got themselves ahead but then mistress expired for them to to sort of lose that advantage in Bertrand Traore with an excellent goal from just inside the box, sneaking in the corner. Not much of a celebration, which was a little bit strange, but may, I suppose more the seriousness. But at the same time, they, they hit straight back again. Benjamin Andre scored. Then it was the, the equaliser again for Leon, but they, they never really looked secure. And again, defensive mistakes creak in and Rami Bensaibaini gets that all-important goal with about nine minutes to go just just outside the box and it's a it's a big win for them isn't it I mean it's been a a really interesting season um, especially under Stefan so far but I mean I don't think in the wildest dreams Ren fans would have thought possibly obviously a European run in terms of getting in the league terms getting towards Europe which is a little bit further off than they maybe hoped but getting to a to a, a big tie in a round of 16 in the Europa League and to a Coupe de France final that's exactly this kind of season that these mid-table to to, to, to upper half um, table sides are, are dreaming of. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's actually, when you think about it along those lines, it's actually been a really productive season for Ren. You know, they made progress in the Europa League to some extent, as you mentioned, and, you know, a cup final, you can't you can't really sniff at that. And they're not necessarily out of the race for, for, a, for a top five place. I know that they're well, they're on 41 points in 10th and Marseille are 5th with 48, so, but they have a game in hand. So um, you, you never know that if they get the win there, they're what, they're what four points back. And there's a lot of teams in contention, you know, even Strasbourg have sort of fought their way back in, Nice, Montpellier, Rons, Marseille, Sinetian, all pretty tight, pretty tightly bunched. So that's not uh, over by any means yet. So I think this is a, a step in the right direction for Ren. They will be disappointed to not get consecutive seasons in the Europa League because I guess becoming European regulars is is the next step for their for their club and and, and that's kind of the way they've been trending over over the last maybe 18 months or so you know that's that uh, their goal this year with Lamucci when he got them did really well to get them into Europa League last year and um, would have been to do it again that probably would have been their, their first their first you know first op, first choice if you like their, their main target because you, you know to, to progress you would become European regulars as Sanetian have done as Bordeaux have done and they want to you know they see themselves as in that group and, and that probably won't be achieved but they're not not by any means uh, uh, out of out of it yet but yeah absolutely to 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 fight to, to come across Julian Stefan and and who seems to be such a fantastic coach and he he's really got the best out of the squad and got the best out of the season he's kind of from when he took over to stay in the European race to have a brilliant run in the Europa League by by you know their standards get out of the group and really do that, that game at home against Arsenal be remembered for a long time and um and to get to the Coupe de France final and it's not beyond their own rounds possibility that they could they could win that 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 cup and that would be that would be huge and, and so yeah so I think overall it's a, it's a season that they can be pretty pleased with and keeping Stefan on board would be would be pretty crucial going forward and they look like again they look like a club on the up they always seem to have this one moment where they look like something's going to happen and they look like they're going to push on and then it kind of as it did with Lamucci this season kind of disintegrates but I think there's a little bit more stability at Rennes 
based on the way Stefan goes about his business and and the fact that they've they've got they've put together a really good squad. So I, I think I'd back them to just keep keep going and, and see if they can get back into Europe next season. Yeah, and it's an interesting catch twenty two, I suppose, for them because obviously the cup final, should they win it, um gives them Europa League place. If they lose yeah, it, it, mm. it opens it opens sixth up, which is comfortably achievable um, really if so I, I was thinking about this today there's is because it's top four in in it's because Strasbourg have the sixth place effectively so mm. it's top four in the league and then if PSG win that will drop to fifth um and then the sixth place team would have been because uh, PSG normally win both cups but normally last four years they've done it so they, they would drop that would then be the sixth place but because Strasbourg won they take the sixth place so for fifth okay. to be a Europa League place, PSG need to win the cup, I think. So sixth is unless Strasbourg finished in the top five, sixth I think is kind of out of the out of the situation now. Oh right, okay. I was trying to work out how many teams went to the Europa League. Yeah. I quite remember. It is convoluted, but, isn't it? Like yeah, last yeah. season, with the end up being three teams in the Champions League group stages because Marseille to the final stuff. Yeah, it's really it's really convoluted. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, and and much like. Um... Excuse me. I mean, uh, there might be a little bit miffed around that it's it's not the sort of old format of doing it where the losing finalist sometimes got a, a cup place the same with i know that was mm. the case in england for a long while as well but it was, yeah. i think yeah, it was but, a uefa thing i think they changed the rules like sort of what across the board and, and that changed unfortunately because that was quite a nice way to do it. it gave some teams more to play for i i i get why because sometimes they were bringing in i mean there was a couple of years where Stoke City, I think, were in the champion, uh, the Europa League for that uh, that kind of thing. I think uh, it was the year that Hall got there. Did they get a tra- the Europe? Yeah, Europe they went out in the qualifiers, stuff. didn't they? And although Stoke yeah. did do all right, rather than playing Valencia, did they get? A res- I think they lost in Valencia. Maybe got a result at home, perhaps. But yeah, it's not, yeah. But yeah, I think the competition of the the quality competition is higher if you just do league places, I guess, isn't it? So. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we Ren have got a difficult task really on the on the final because it, the sort of expected result, I suppose, came in. The other game as Paris Saint-Germain um, got a comfortable 3-0 win over Nott, who didn't trouble them. They, they had a couple of moments where they thought they could have got a penalty shout. Um, there was a, a strange moment for the Kylian Mbappe's first penalty where he scored it first of all, but then um, encroachment, which is the first time I've seen encroachment in about a year, I think, given on any <laughs> in anywhere in Europe, really, more than anything. And they, the retaking penalty was saved. And then um, the second time they got a penalty, he only just about squeezed it in. But um, they were pretty dominant throughout. A lovely Danny Alves goal, if you can catch it. A lovely little lob into the, the top left-hand corner. But pretty much as we expected, really. It's the, it's the funny thing sometimes of covering uh, PSG, Adam, is that especially against a non-team that have pretty much not had the greatest second half of the season in the cup was the only thing that we were sort of going through, but did face a lot of lower league teams before getting to this stage. It, it, it was as expected and, and, and much of the same. And PSG will be out of anything desperate to get an extra cup in their, their saddle because losing to Ren in that final would be pretty devastating for what had been a pretty positive season. Yeah, I think, yeah, it definitely would be. I mean, I'm, I'm fairly sure that the, the sort of expected you know, season goals from PSG are win the league, win at least one of the cups and progress in the Champions League. And given that they, they kind of crashed out the Coupe de League, rather, unfortunately, they're going to win the league. And the Champions League, you could argue that they they made some progress, but ended up with what I could I would argue, definitely since QSI took over, was the worst defeat in their, their history since QSI took over, arguably since they were formed in 1970, probably the worst, you know, the, in in context, perhaps the worst night in the, the club's history. So I, I you know, that that the, the, the coup de France is, is a must really from their point of view. There isn't really um, 
two ways about it. They they sort of have to win. I don't think it'll affect if they were to somehow lose uh, to Ren. I don't think it would affect Thomas Tuchel's future necessarily, but perhaps it would it would give him less sort of capital if you like going forward. And that next season would perhaps be on a shorter leash or you know a shorter. There'd be less there'd be less patience from people above him at the club if he were to um, start slipping up. I don't see either of those things happening, but yeah, I think it's it's pivotal for them. And you you mentioned Nantes now. I think it's 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 we really shame we won't get our um our Ren versus Nantes derby final. That would have been fantastic at the at the Stade de France. But um yeah, I think they, they I think they just need to regroup, don't they, and and start again next season. Yeah, it's 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 not the greatest of time for Lecaleri. Not only the obvious the the obvious fact of still recovering from the loss of Emiliano Sala in in more ways than one, but also the fact that the the legal battle with Cardiff is going to probably drag yeah. on now until the the summer comfortably. Whether they will even see the the full fifty million pounds will be sort of up to FIFA nowadays. I know the the sort of update today was the FA mm. had, had not put it in their report for transfer simply because of 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 sort of FIFA rulings and Cardiff claiming uh, this, that and the other, but um, we should wait and see what sort of light and, and we'll, we'll, we'll pretty much have it first when, once we learn what they get, but that, that cash injection will be massive for them in the summer. I mean, it could, it could mean they could bring in three or four players and without it, it means they might be stuck there and in, in real trouble next season if they can't really bring anyone in for the club, which would be a massive uh, blow for them. Um, on to, um, some league affairs that we saw in midweek because the Coupe de League finalists got their league games out of the way in midweek. And we'll come on to Gavin Cup in the moment because we mentioned it might be a, a bit more important to them than to Strasbourg. But after being asleep since they went got qualified for the final, they finally got that out of the way. And they give Rans, of all people, a, a, a bit of a hammering, really. I know Rans had a couple of chances, but Strasbourg pretty dominant. Um a little bit surprising, really, to given that what had gone before. But it's almost like they flicked back on the switch and they're they're back in the groove. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's I think I think that's almost kind of natural for a team in their position because, given their history, their recent history, you know, they 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 were cup winners sort of a couple of times, relatively recently, what two thousand and eight in in two thousand five maybe that that decade they were they were cup winners and um, to drop all the way down to the fifth division and to almost reform and and to fight their way back up, you know that that cup final, given it was against Ganga, was was such a huge opportunity for them. You, you know, a club like Strasbourg, when they make a, a final of late, it's been against PSG, and although it was a great achievement to make the final, you know they don't hold much hope of winning. And you know we've seen that with Angers and 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 even further back, like Bastia getting to the final um, of of a cup. Um, Lille, when they weren't playing particularly well, got to the final, and and it was almost a bit of a formality. But when you, for both teams, but for Strasbourg especially, given how well they've played up to that point it was only natural that it was such a huge opportunity that was not going to come around again anytime soon given the strength of PSG given the strength of even teams like I know they beat they've beaten Leon um at, you know really caused some issues of late but the strength of those sort of Monaco and Leon as well of late maybe maybe that's sort of a, a, such a huge opportunity to win a final like that won't come around again for decades maybe you know um given 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 those factors I just covered there so um it's only natural to really just to, to given how close that mid table is to lose a little bit of intensity and to to lose a bit a little bit of you know fight because perhaps you don't want to be you don't want to be injured for that final and, and even Thierry Laurie is looking looking towards it as well and the whole club other fans are you know that's that's the whole focus because that, that is their season really I, I guess I mean making Europe will be one for two um and they may still do that but that's where it sort of all 
or, or, la or lays, if you like. So, yeah, so I think that this performance against Rance has kind of been coming a little bit because now that cup final is over, they're still an extremely well-organised well team, extremely well-drilled team, extremely versatile team. They've still got a number of players in, in good form. Okay, collective performances have dropped off recently, but... Um, I, I feel like this is this has been this has sort of been coming, and you know, good feel good atmosphere at the at the Minyao yesterday, uh, yesterday, and and uh, I'm not surprised that the, that somebody was gonna was gonna not necessarily be thrashed, but get a get a beating and of some some regard relatively soon from Strasbourg. Now that they're over that that sort of emotional and and psychological barrier of that cup final, having won, um, so I th I would bat them to put on, put on a bit of a um, a run between now and the season, given given those. Those those factors. So yeah, um, and an unusually poor display for Ron, from Rons, but um, uh, not overly surprising given the, the win at the weekend. I think there's a feel good factor in Strasbourg at the moment. Yeah, it's almost like a, a release of pressure as well, isn't it? I think that that they were maybe living under a cloud of thinking, well, we've got a chance at Europe, and much like when the team gets relegated, it, it feels like they've got Europe secured and in the bag now. That's not going away anywhere, and they can sort of play with a little bit of freedom without a worry of, of any kind of relegation or any real need to fight for, for any further higher up the table because they've already surprised a lot of people this season. So the fact that that uh, all combined on Wednesday night where they could play with a bit of relaxation under a, a great crowd that obviously still celebrating from, from the weekend, it, it really gave them a lift and some, some excellent goals. I, I, I thought that, uh, I thought that they played really well um, for, long periods of that game really I, I, I thought that um, um, Nuno da Costa had a good game uh, it's a bit of a shame that uh, Thomason got himself sent off but they, they really clicked at times uh, and it, they were really great to watch and uh, much more like we'd seen in the, the first half of the season um, rather than what we've seen since that nice win in the, in the semi-final against Bordeaux but much as we mentioned how much the, the final has positively impacted Strasbourg, we did have a little bit of a worry in the back of our minds how Gangon would would react, whether they won or lost. And arguably, they were sort of the, a touch better than Strasbourg on the evening in that they ended up losing on penalties. But we had mentioned previously, Adam, that the, the game on Wednesday against Montpellier might be even more important than the actual cup final itself. And that might be sort of a um, an escape rather than anything like that. But then, Losing on penalties in anything like this is really difficult. And then they have to face a, a Montpellier team that can be um, such a pain to attack against. And the only problem is they got caught by two relatively counter-attacking goals. They were caught a couple of times on that sort of style. So they left themselves open. And uh, what could be seen as, even though Montpellier have been good this season, they've been indifferent more recent than not, but still a, a missed opportunity for Gengop to pull themselves back out of the, the relegation fight. Yeah, definitely. I think um, there was certainly, you know, maybe a, a, a route for them in that game to get something out of it. And um, it's 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 unfortunate, but I, I think that, you know, given given that the momentum that's kind of built a little bit, all right, results haven't been amazing since since Justin Gorvenick returned by any means. You know, they've still lost a, a, a fair few games, but they look like they're competitive again. And although they, although they weren't terrible under under Kumbari, um, they they definitely seen an improvement and um they look like they're capable of beating especially the teams in and around them and and getting points at home um which which can be can be a relatively difficult place to go when they're playing well so although this is a bit of an opportunity missed away at montpellier yesterday you know they they, they would have fancied themselves for a draw given the relative forms of the two teams but or at least performances at least like i said the gangams results haven't been amazing but 
those little that mini league now of the three at the bottom, I would argue that Gangor are favourites to finish finish top of those three, given given Gorvanex back on board and they they look like they're competitive again and they're they're sneaking wins here and there. Um, so I think although it was a, a disappointing result, I and it will be difficult to get over the the penalty defeat. As yeah, they, they I think Gorvanex said after the the um the, the final that he felt they did enough to win it before penalties. Um, and um, although it was a terrible game, I don't think anybody did um, enough to win it really before then. But um, it'd be difficult to go over that 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 disappointment. But I think they're the team that are probably in the best form and and have the most momentum. And, and they, I trust them to finish in that relegation playoff spot. And it's just whether they can, who they get, and and whether they can overcome that. But I think that this is a although disappointing. I think they they might actually somehow, given they they were almost adrift at one point, be okay. Mm, yeah, this could be. They've all, all three of them have got important games up, especially that that special Khan doubleheader header we'll keep talking about until it comes up in a in a few weeks' time, really. But um, it's going to be a fascinating finish to the end of the season for those three, and it'll be interesting one for Montpellier now as well because it was a good win on Wednesday, a good solid win. I thought uh, again it was um, very much the sort of Delor Laporte show. They 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 were. Um, much better than they have been in the last couple of weeks, but linking up well again. Um, two good goals on the counter-attack. They looked dangerous when they were going forward. I think Molle's been really good in the last couple of weeks. He's been good all season, but especially last couple of weeks. And they've sort of come out of the rut of February with a little bit better form in March. And you look at the games ahead, at least in the next four weeks, Nice away is going to be probably the tricky one. They've got Toulouse then. Uh, Strasbourg, who maybe slightly on the beach, then it depends on how their momentum carries on. And, and a PSG game at home where they've beaten PSG before, the Paris Saint-Germain have had a lot of problems with Montpellier in the past, and they probably have already won the league mm. by then if they win their next two games, PSG are champions. So uh, there's all the chance that Montpellier could be uh, real, not just outsiders really, but um, potential favourites for the fifth, because you think at, at Marseille, Rennes, they've, they've both got difficult games coming up, um, not just the weekend, but in the next couple of weeks as well. So they, there's a chance for them still there. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think that that group is kind of concertinoing a little bit. And, and you know, as you mentioned, the running is kind and um, sides about them have shown of late that they are capable of, of dropping points. And and if Montpellier can can continue in that kind of stoic, um, that stoic, very well organised, very uh, competitive kind of defensive not necessarily defensive, but pragmatic kind of style. Then that 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 gets points in this league. And the way that the way that league and works, you know, there's fullbacks don't get forward all that often, and uh, in, in for some teams, and um, just being solid is often enough to get you points. And um, I think Montpellier would definitely be fancying themselves for that for that um, fifth place, um, depending on you know injuries at Marseille or or them um, not being able to this, this form, which just seems to be large driven by the form of Balotelli and. Um, plus uh, Lopez and, and Kamara, that's, and Celestia uh, have had some poor results of, of late. And Rons are, are, are overachieving, or they've been brilliant, but they're still overachieving. And you know, last night's result against Trustwell shows that they're they're beatable too. And Montpellier will fancy it. And um, it, you know, given that they they've kind of been in a slump since since winning the league in what 2012, going for seven years now, then this might be their best opportunity to really push on and, and make a European campaign next season, which would be great. So. Yeah, they'll, they'll definitely fancy themselves, and they'll keep getting results like the one against Gangon last night as well. That's that just that's just what they do. That's what Dezakarian kind of has done, um, although it's not always worked out for him. But it's been always sort of been his 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 method. And and this season it started to come together with Delore and and, and uh, Laborde up front. He's found a way to score goals as well. So 
yeah, they, they might they might have whereas last season they kind of fell away which is what happened with Dodds carrying at Nantes both seasons they looked like they might challenge Europe and then in the final third of the season they really just disintegrated they may have had their sort of average run of form and they may be ready to actually actually you know um, finish a run in on top which would be which would be really good to see and he's a, he's a good he's a good coach he's, he's organ, an organized coach and he deserves um some some success uh, having left Nantes in, in, in rather acrimonious fashion with as as is pretty customary of Adam McAter unfortunately but um yeah it'd be great to see Dzakar and take his team into Europe yeah and it's going to be interesting that game of the weekend because Nice then would at the same mm. juncture I think they have a chance to try and very similar a, a, a final sort of push as well <clears> but, um, um ah, I don't really fancy them as much to be fair given this some of the results on to some some of the weekend's games and, and we've just got three for you this evening but three particularly interesting ones starting with Friday night's game between Bordeaux and Marseille and, and I wanted to start with the the home side on this one Adam because we have got Paulo Sosa under the under the desk so to speak um now with the two games under his belt but hasn't had the managerial bounce that some might have expected two draws. He, he was sort of in the the crowd for the for the Monaco draw, but one one against Ren isn't too much to sniff at, but a pretty dreadful nil nil against Daniel last weekend after the international break. Had you expected maybe a little bit more from them, especially last week with him having some extra time with some of those players? I know obviously a few would have gone on an international duty, but they've had a reasonable amount of the squad to, to play with, but he's not really done much so far to, to really criticise or sort of praise at the moment. No, it's very true. I was, you're right. I was expecting more. He hasn't, it's very early days. He's had, he's had two games and I haven't lost yet. And uh, a draw home to Ren and a draw away. I mean, uh, aren't terrible results by any means. And, given that this is an evolving squad and you imagine a lot of players will go in the summer, I think he's preparing for that and they'll be bringing in younger players and focusing on the players like we saw the signing of Josh Madger from Sunderland over the summer, over the winter, Yassine Adli as well as another one from PSG, who's like a midfielder who, who's going to be that, those sorts of signings are going to be the ones that are coming in. So he's sort of trending in that, in that direction towards those the youth players and figuring out what his team is because it's a little bit of a free hit for Sousa between now and the end of the season because, you know, they're not going to get relegated. They're not going to challenge for Europe. Um, they uh, the squad will be a little bit of turnover in, as I mentioned in in, in the in the summer and and it'll be next season that really sort of you know um, defines his, his his initial kind of period in charge of the club and um, but having said that you would have expected a little bit more um, a little bit more intensity and a little bit more sort of happiness you know this is a club that's that's really sort of the, the fans are feeling really disenfranchised. I saw a stat today on one of the Bordeaux fan sites that um, they, they've, in terms of percentage of seats filled at the Stade Atlantic, they're in terms of percentage, they're, they're second bottom in the league to, to lose, um, and because they're they're just struggling to sell out. The only t- the only games they do sell out is is PSG and and the big teams, basically Lyon, Marseille. Uh, even tomorrow, they're expecting like thirty thousand for in a forty thousand seat stadium. Last season, that attendance pushed 40 and basically fans are fed up with the way the club is going and they they could Bordeaux fans would argue that they've seen this before a promising manager good players a good squad if you look at their squad they're top six top seven in the league I would argue with players like Kamano and and the way Kunde's developed and Yusuf Sabali Benoit Cost was a very regular goalkeeper they've got one of the best you know top third in the in in, in the league and they've seen this happen before and uh, I think that Sousa's battle isn't necessarily with the, the team he puts out 
um in the longer term well obviously it is but it's, it's only half the battle in, in some regards because he needs to to sort of relieve this the, the club of their sort of malaise and and it's it's, it's one that's been going on since Willie Sagnol was in charge and all right they got into Europe and but there was there was a period that held those injuries and 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 he ended up getting sacked and it was it was a really you know there was a lot of um unrest with the fan base and and um and we saw that with with Justin Gorfinek and unrest with the players with the, the Brazilian contingent and we there was a sort of quite famous uh, social media post where they what they lost at home and they were the uh, um Jonathan Vieira, Jonathan Vieira, who, who was from Ludogorets, I can't remember really his name, but Malcolm and, and and a couple of other guys was was seen sort of laughing and joking, not taking that seriously. And I and I, and I kind of think that um, you know Tula Tula with Tula leaving as well, and and Gorvenek kind of lost dressing. And this is this has happened before. Basically, we've been here before with, for Bordeaux, and and the, I think that Susan's got to prove that he's uh, capable of of revitalising the the team and 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 the club as a whole before. You know he's got to, he's got to prove so he's got something to prove um, not because of who he is but because of the job he's taken on, and um, that's that's going to be difficult between now and end of the year. But he has got a little bit of a little bit of time, obviously, because nothing's going to change really in the last what eight or nine games, and it'll be next season that hopefully you know new season and it'll be a little bit more optimism. But he, he um, I would have felt with the, the the players he's got available, given that previous managers have been seen a little bit more of a bounce. You know, Poet started really really well. Um, especially that with a very similar squad, almost exactly the same squad, that we would have seen a little bit more from him. But again, it's early days, and I imagine that it's it's August and September where we'll, we'll sort of see the the real Sosa, hopefully, uh, effect. Yeah, I think I think we'll give him a couple of weeks more, but it's it's a little bit frustrating. I'm I'm, I'm sure Bordeaux fans will think the same that they <laughs> it doesn't seem to have changed anything yet, really. I, I, and I can mm. understand that maybe he doesn't think he's got the players for it, or maybe the the players have tuned out a little bit. But again, it's it's a, it's a, it's a little bit of a, an occasional problem we see in Liga, where where teams that have been poor all season have just gained just about enough points to be nowhere near. Um, being worried about it, and and we've spoken about it before, but there's that little cluster there, isn't there? Just above the, the sort of just above Monaco, I would say, because Monaco have been incredibly disappointed, but not Toulouse and, and Bordeaux have been um, a little bit bore fests this season, and Bordeaux especially given the talent they have involved, and you just want Sosa to play something a bit more enticing, a bit more enthralling. Get, Give them some freedom. They're not going to lose anything at the moment. Let's see what what they can do with with a bit of um, the shackles taken off. See if they are able to to perform something. If they're worthy of, of staying at the club next season and, and building around and unleash players like you say, like like a, a Josh Madra a little bit more. Give them a bit of freedom to try and, and get your results because at the moment you the moment they've he's not played yet under. Um, so, so he's playing the likes of Jimmy Brion, bringing him on on with 15 minutes to go. It's just it doesn't really make any sense. I don't know. He's not your future, really, Jimmy Brion. If anything, he's probably one of those players that might be looking to leave in the in the summer window. And same with uh, Nicola de Preva, which is, he's obviously a bit, little bit more in favour. But do you not want to try someone like Major from the start? Do you not want someone like Carmano uh, uh, from the from the start, a little bit younger, a little bit more of your potential future? It just a little bit ebbed and flowed, really. And they come here against a team that in Marseille that have had a couple of, shall we say, indifferent results recently. Really, the 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 defeat to Paris Saint Germain was a, a tough one to take, and. Uh, 
for a number of different reasons. But the draw against Angers was the, a little bit of a gut punch. And then all the rumours about players wanting to leave, especially the most recent ones about um, Florian Tovan even being frustrated with his agent that he's not, quote-unquote, built up enough interests in, in bigger European clubs, as he may put it. But at the same time, it's, it's as much as up to him as it is to his agent. And quite frankly, he's not been up to that level in 2019. No, he really hasn't. And uh, I, I, I don't see where Tuvan goes from here. And I, I, although, yes, I can understand him wanting to, to move to a big club and, and his form last season, 100%, you know, he's linked quite heavily with Bayern Munich. Um, that would have made sense, um, given that, you know, Robin and Ribery are, uh, are on their way out, ageing and, and Ribery is leaving in the season. I would love to see Ribery come back to Marseille. I don't know if that happened, but that would be great. Um, and it would be classic Marseille, you know, an ageing former French international, um, big name brought in. But for, from Tufan's point of view, he's absolutely right. He hasn't been good enough for that move anymore this season. And all right, he, he's probably, for me, overall, he's probably still... It's, Balotelli maybe aside, if Balotelli can in his form, he's probably still been the most important player this season. He's still got the, the hat-trick against away uh, Amion um, uh, to win the game 3-1. There have been performances like that, and he's probably been, he's probably contributed to their points tally more than anybody else. But uh, his he hasn't dominated games as he did last season, and he hasn't really imposed himself on on opposition, opposition players and his opposing fullback and his his although he's their top scorer of eleven goals, he probably won't match his tally from last season, which was which is well up into the teens. And um, I I just feel like there's a little bit of a, a lack of intensity and perhaps a little bit of you know he's assuming that because of how how much praise he got last year that a big move although he's already at the, a very big club I know that they're not they're not in terms of playing staff they're probably not as as high as he would. You know, like them to be, but that's a huge club. But a move, a move to one of the clubs that he sees is a big move. Um, it, it isn't really in the offing anymore. And and um, I just where does he go? I mean, he's not going to go to PSG. And if he wants a, an upward move, then you're here looking at the, the the very top ten or twelve, fifteen clubs. Otherwise, he's sort of going going a little bit sideways. And I don't necessarily see where he goes or where who would be interested in where he's a success. So, and that's largely because his form has been. By his standards, it's still been very good, but it's by his standards that the standards that are needed to get one of the interest from one of those clubs. It needs to be, he needs to be much more influential, and 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 it's not. He's not the same, quite the same, Tuvan of, of last year, and 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 it's it's a bit a little bit rich to be frustrated at your agent for not driving up enough interest when your performances haven't been anywhere near as good from which was the initial you know spark for that interest to, to begin with, as you said. So, yeah, I I I don't really see him moving on this summer and it, it, given that there's a lot of unrest you know at Marseille with the way that Garcia's team section has gone of late you know Rami Rolando is very angry about not dropping out of the team uh Pyatt's obviously not particularly pleased about about not starting I mean Luis Gustavo is a, a a proper freshman I doubt he's causing any any issues at all uh, I haven't heard anything but um you know he won't be happy about starting I not starting either given how actually he's been really good or not great at centre-back but overall he's been pretty good um, fantastic last year too. So, yeah, I think that there's a there's Tuvan is unnecessarily adding to that, and 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 if he if he is angling for a move, and because I'm pretty sure he doesn't actually deserve the move he thinks he does he does deserve. So, um, it'd be interesting to see what happens this summer. Yeah, uh, you can have as good a salesman as you want if the car's a couple of years old and got a couple of dents in it, um, and no one's really wanted to go and buy it at the moment. And I think mm. that's the the fact with Tovan at the moment. And you know, he, he, there's no secret that Bayern Munich are looking for 
wide players, even though Gnabry's had a good season and, and Coman is a, he's a yeah, very mm-hmm. talented player, but they've obviously been with Hudson Odoin. And Tovan's a man that could could fit in because he could kind of play either wing if they wanted him to. But at the same time, by Munich taking the fact that can they get someone younger for, for cheaper that, that can grow into their style? Can they live with the fact that, in all honesty, it's only been about a year and a half, two years that Tovan showed any kind of maturity and those little stories aren't helping that cause in, in any way. And going back to Marseille, really, they, I think a number have mentioned, but they need a bit of a calling in the, the, the summer. I think they need a bit of an attitude change. I think that players like, uh, like they said, like that, so they're Rolando and, and Pius sort of need to be moved on to, to pastures new. I'm thinking Mondondo maybe is one as well. Jordan and Marvy's had a terrible season really by his standards. He, he needs to book up his ideas, otherwise they might look as well to, to replacing him. There's a number of things that that club needs to do in the summer. There's a number of little moves that they may need to sort of finance because the first half of their sort of, let's say, grandmaster plan of the sort of return to form with a bit of cash behind them under Frank McCourters, while you got to Europa League final, ultimately it sort of failed and they may need to, to look at hitting the reset button uh, come the summertime. Uh, let's get a prediction on this one then. And what do you think the score will be? I'm one all. I'm feeling 2-1 Marseille just because I think Bordeaux have been so dire really more than anything. But um, there's no doubt that Marseille needs to do something different in the when it comes to the summertime. Uh, on to a, a game that was interesting last time out, the, the, the last time this was played. So should be an entertaining one come Saturday as, as Ras uh, host. Lille, um, two sides that are still fighting for for spots, shall we say, in 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 the European competitions in the summer, and, and going to Lille first, Adam, because I know we've already spoken a little bit about Raspol. Come back to them, Lille last weekend. It was a bit of a. Uh, again, we mentioned that they they've been close to a couple of results and a couple of struggles recently, and they had that blip against Monaco that we half saw come in, but against not. We mentioned on on Monday's pod they 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 showed a bit of character by coming back from from two goals down away from home it, and while not having been anything special really any time this season it's it, it was a good win and it kept them on course especially given that Leon are looking to be biting on their heels and with Paris Saint Germain coming up next week as well which would, could be a title decider for the the away side they really want the points this in this one because if they don't they, they risk a chance of Leon not only catching them but by the time this time next week possibly overpassing them yeah being overhauled by Leon given the lead they had would be would be not disastrous because they've had a great season but it would be very disappointing given that the position they, they put themselves in and you're absolutely right they they really did need to show the character and scoring those three goals in what nine nine minutes seven eight nine minutes in the second half uh, uh, having been tuned down against Nantes and you know they <clears throat> could have quite easily lost that game and if they had you know 57 points that would you know they'd lose those three but they'd only be a point clear of Leon and it'd be back on again and <clears throat> excuse me with with uh, you know, it's obviously <laughs> given what Genesio and, and all us have been talking about this week, making the Champions League is is pretty crucial for Leon. And that, although it, we, as I briefly mentioned earlier last last season, that third place went straight into the group stages. That won't happen this year. So second place is still a very you know very sort of um, worthwhile target given given that you go straight into the group stages. You don't have to start your season early. You don't have to have the the the, the stress and the and the, the the pressure and the 
uncertainty over a Champions League qualifier, although that's slightly better these days, given that the top four leagues get <clears throat> get um <clears throat> excuse me get a, a automatic fourth fourth place when the you know you end up playing as you mentioned before teams like Valencia and, and Spurs perhaps who would be really difficult. So um, yeah, they, they they need to keep up the momentum and that, that they've shown all the way through the season and it's sort of coming to the final stretch now and this is kind of the the, you know, the crunch time for them. If they can maintain that form and maintain the results and they can, can and Gauthier can keep getting the, the performances from players like Pepe and Bamba and Akone and, and, and Thiago uh, for, for the rest of the for the rest of the season, that, that that'll be that'll define their year. Because slip into third, and you know they go out in the if in the in the groups in the in the qualifiers. Maybe Pepe's left, and and next season they're in the Europa League, and perhaps they don't have the resources that they 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 would want over summer, given the FFP, uh, given that um the DNGC GNCG the the financial watchdog for French football is still kind of on their back and. They, this is a huge opportunity for them. Is, is basically the, the point I'm getting to, and and it would be a real shame to see them slip now, and and because they've been fantastic, and that character that you mentioned they showed against Nantes to, to come back from two down and win the game three two, that needs to be it needs to be the same for the for those last eight games and for them to get that second place, which is all important. Yeah, it was it was really good to see them have a little bit of a different win. They've had a couple of games where they've blown teams out of the water. They've had a couple where it's been close and they've nicked it by one through perseverance. But this is one of the, I think it's the first time I can think of at least where they were sort of really tested, really on the back ropes and have managed to, to claw it back as well. And um, credit to um, Nicola Pepe, who scored the, the penalties when we set up the, the winner as well. Um, he's also been nominated in the sort of Liga African Player of the Year, and there's a number of good nominations, really strong ones, but I don't think any of them come close to the, the Ivory Coast International, who's probably on, on to pastures new in the summer, even might be taking Tovan's place at, at Bayern Munich, you might say, but, but it, there's going to be someone that um, is very happy about how he's um, improved and uh, I think sometimes we forget how good of a season he's had because I know uh, I, might have, uh, I don't want to sort of isolate you out on this one Adam, more than anything because I'll throw myself in this fire that that we had questioned how Nicola Pepe had been linked with with decent clubs and eventually went to Lille and didn't really have the greatest of first seasons and we weren't certain with how how he was really perceived at, at Angers really pushing again but then um we're here we are six eight months later and he looks like a world beater so it's clearly we, we need to get our eyes tested a little bit more or maybe have some more of this inside knowledge that others possess but it's going to be a, a difficult time you, you would expect at least anyway against Rams. but um they kind of played it completely against type at the uh, in midweek the first time they've lost in the league since december which is an incredible feat for the team they've been on an excellent run but I suppose you can never really say this. I think being worried is the wrong, the wrong word for it. But is there is there a case that maybe that Raz are taking their eyes off the prize? I I don't think so. I think that this is. I think we have to for now. I think we kind of have to write this just result off as a, a little bit of a uh, a culmination of, of factors. You know, the Strasbourg sort of release of that pressure that you mentioned earlier from winning the cup and, and winning the cup final. Um, you know, they kind of caught them at the, at the wrong time, you know. Uh, although it is a little odd because Rance had, what, 17 days between games? All right, they had some internationals, but because they didn't have a game at the weekend, they had quite a long break, most of the team that weren't away. So they, maybe they're a little bit sluggish after that, I don't know. But a break at that stage, at this stage of the season of that length should be really, really beneficial. So I, I think that, you know, given the, that we have to kind of take their, 
their season as a whole, even though they were they were poor in, in this game, you know, only PSG have lost less games than them this season. And and up until yesterday, they Rons have lost less games than Leo and Leon, who are six to, to five, and it's now six for each of them. Um and and they've proven time and time again that they're extremely solid and compact and and can and can win in a, in a in a in a variety of ways and get points in in kind of different ways. And since Albert Zanelli's come in, you know, they've I really think he's revolutionised the team and the way that they play. You know, he's got so much vision and so much sort of um, plays with so much intensity and is capable of creating something for nothing, which he didn't really have before. So. I think that the fact is that if you look at the team and the way that they've been playing and the way things have been going, that it's still a very, very positive situation for them. Obviously, you know, a promoted team in the top six, but um, I don't think that David Guion would be would be careless enough to, to let his team drop in intensity for the last eight games. And I think they've got some, you know, experienced pros there like Alexis Ramal and Yunus Abdul-Hamid who have been been around a lot. Shavario as well, probably Shavaria, you know, you'd expect them to... To be to be leading from the front and and to, to finish the the job if you like. Um, well, one thing I perhaps would say a little bit more tactically is that their team's very very finely balanced. And um, I think when Zanelli came in, you know, he, he started on the bench for the first three games and and didn't make much of an impact for the first two. He only got a few minutes. Okay, he might have been sort of settling in, but I, I feel like the the way David Guion set up his team is that introducing a new factor or a player that interprets the role slightly differently can unbalance the team quite quite easily and I think that the, the way that um, they've they kind of coped with the lack of a, a person who plays at sort of the, the most forward of the three midfielders yesterday you know Tristan Dingon who came in from Trois last season has sort of been doing that quite well um, he's, he works really hard gets through a lot of a lot of um, Sort of sort of work in midfield, um, but isn't necessarily the, the archetypal attacking midfielder. But he, he adds balance to the team. He lets people like Zanelli and 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 uh, Moussa Dumbia when he's been not injured and in, on form, and, and and Remy Udan who often plays wide too, to to a little bit more freedom. And you know, Matthew Caffrey does a very similar job, a little bit more expansive, but he does a very similar job there. And I think yesterday they were a little bit unbalanced with Dumbia, Zanelli, and Udan all playing together, and perhaps that left uh, Ramal and. Chevalan in mid in midfield a little bit exposed and um <clears throat> I think that's the kind of thing that they that you know Guion's recognised and, and it's the kind of thing that they need to be a little bit aware of going on, on in in the running and 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 try and not not be not get too excited if you like and not be too forward thinking because they've built the success on on being probatic and and not conservative but 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 you know horses for courses and 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 I I feel like that. They need to be a little bit careful there, and I think that's something that Guion's proven he's really, really good at of picking the right, the right team and balancing. Although they've got a very consistent team, but keeping that balance, and I think that's something they need to do for the rest of the rest of the season. And if they do, they'll be fine. I don't know if they'll finish in the top five, but they'll 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 continue in the same vein as as they have previously. Yeah, uh, it just sort of like you say, it's almost like resetting the balance, isn't it? Giving them the, the reminder that they are an excellent defensive side. And then against a team like Lille, they're, they're more likely to, to revert to type a little bit more and, and use those expansive players to sort of break away and, and hope they can make a goal. And uh, the sort of teams that Lille have struggled against as well, that's not exactly the kind of team that Lille have, have really favoured this season. You look at the, the game against Dijon, they really, really struggled for a long time. They drew against Montpellier, who set up the same way. Um, it's going to be a, a really tight one, this one, really. It might not be as expensive after that result as we maybe might have hoped so. But w what do you think the score will be in this one, Ed? I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, I'd say... Two, I still think I still fancy Lille, so uh, two one Lille. Uh, 
I have a feeling it'll be a one 0 win for for Lille. I I, I agree. It's 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 going to be one of those ones where maybe they nick another goal and and Lille keep the train rolling, which will keep it interesting. Given that if they did lose to Paris Saint Germain, they do have that game coming up against Lyon, which would be a, a nice little fight for second, third, although both are Champions League places at least. Anyway, uh, on to um, our final game. Of, of this weekend, at least anyway, and an interesting one for for both sides really, because Gangon versus Monaco gives what you might see is Gangon another chance really, because Monaco last weekend Adam pulled up a little bit of a stinker really against a con side that themselves hadn't won since December, almost the exact opposite to to Rans. They, they came away with a, a grinding out one 0 win, and a lot of people would mention that, that it was an excellent goalkeeping performance as well from from the con stopper that that allowed that that victory to happen but at the same time it was a reminder for for monaco that the job isn't really done under jardin yet and there's a lot of work still to be done yeah i definitely think that's the case and and it's easy to forget with the 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 sort of fruit the, the sort of fiore around jardin's return and thierry Henry is very cause very high profile in this country and obviously in france too um uh, his sort of failure as coach and and how much attention that got, and the fact that you know uh, Dimitri Roboliev had to sort of convince um, uh, Jardim to come back, it, and it's that that kind of sort of sideshow is detracted from the fact that Jardim was in charge at the start of the season, and they were they were pretty poor then as well. And it's okay that they've signed a lot of players, and things have changed, and, and they're taking his ideas on board, which perhaps they didn't as quite as much previously, or at least over the summer when, when Michael Emanalo was. A sporting director and you know like uh, Yuri Tiedemans is a good example you know he's, he was sent out to, to Leicester on loan uh, mainly because although he's a talented guy and I, I, I don't think Jardim really fancied him and 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 uh, you know this is a little bit more sort of power in for, for Jardim going forward but there's there's still a lot of work to do and and as you mentioned and and not a vast amount is going to change between that that ordinary team and this team, given that it's, it's relatively similar in terms of personnel. Okay, they just, they signed in, in in the window, but between the Jardim Monaco that started the season and the Jardim Monaco of now, you know, he still lived in Monaco over the course of the season. You know, um, and I imagine the players running into him, you know, around the around the city. But um, it's 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 for Jardim. There's there's he he still has an issue. He still he that hasn't been resolved yet. Because if they start next season in a similar way, you know they might have a they might be similarly unlucky with transfers. They don't come off in certain regards, and we could be right back to a similar situation where Monaco are struggling again, not to the same extent, but not meeting expectations that they've come to make sort of the norm for them. Then you know it comes back to Jardim perhaps isn't the right fit. And all right, you know he's done an amazing job previously in his first stint and. And it's 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 all very interesting and and and, and sort of you know newsworthy that Roboli have you know basically begged him to come back, but that, that doesn't mean he's going to do well um, in the longer term. And this season is a little again, it's a little bit like Sosa there. He's got a little bit of a free hit because they're not going to get relegated now. That they've got their squad is far too good for them to be anywhere near the bottom the bottom three coming into the season. And, but this this defeat to Con is a little bit of a wake up call that there's there's still um, there's still a lot of, a lot of things that need changing and and that he didn't have answers at the start of the season and that doesn't necessarily mean that he does now yeah there's a number of little bits of, of tweaks that still need to be done I think that we we lulled ourselves into a false sense of security that, that Monaco were 
we're uh, we're back to the the ways that they could be but uh, there's definitely some tweaks that need to be done and uh, there's the rumors that you know martins is not going to be a, a, a permanent signing for them which which opens a gap there and they've not really got anyone to sell which might might be a, a good thing more than anything they just need to to work a couple of, of things out a little bit more than anything but um in terms of for gangon that creak of the door at least opening there will, will help them enormously really because they if they can get a result against monaco it pushes them back into that relegation playoff zone which is where all any of those three teams at the bottom want to be really but uh also, at the same time, a victory here puts them on 25 points. They're only five points off Monaco. I, don't, I, I want to say it quietly that it, it might drag someone else in. But if there is a chance, this is pretty much last chance for Gengom to pull someone back into the, the mire with them. Yeah, if they, if they want to stay up automatically, if you like, you know, finishing the top 17, then you, you'd imagine that this is this is getting towards sort of kind of last last chance saloon. And um, although, you know, the, the teams above Monaco on on similar numbers of points, you know, Monaco on 30 points, Amiens on 30, Nantes on 31, Toulouse on 32, it's not beyond the realm's possibility that... Um, that one of those teams could get sucked back in with within the final eight games. As we we mentioned briefly, that a number a few of those teams have been pretty poor this season and, and are capable of terrible runs of, of results. So um it's it's but it's you're absolutely right, it's it is trending towards like the, the last their last sort of chance to stay up automatically. And as I said, I still fancy them to, to finish in eighteenth given the way things are going. And you know, they beat Monaco earlier in the season, didn't they? And and they have they beat on penalties in the cup as well. And um, maybe there's there's some a psychological thing, a psychological kind of boost for them. Uh, uh, thinking about those two results, um, and given that Monaco, like I said, you know, you were right. I think we kind of lulled ourselves into a false insecurity that oh, it's, we're back to Monaco now. This is this is Jardins Monaco again, and now they'll, they'll challenge for the title next season, or they'll be in the Champions League next, you know, places next season. Um, that's not necessarily the case, and there's there's a win here for Gangon potentially, given given that they they've been a little bit better at home. Um, you know they've stuck a couple of one wins against Dijon and against Angers at home, and um, uh, who's to say that they they can't get a similar result here? Yeah, and that's going to be the the real uh, thorn for the for the other teams, especially if they do get a result here. Mm. Dijon facing uh, Leon, you you don't really expect anything from from them there, especially with the form there, and and Con facing away at Nîmes, and that's. You know, it could it could be a chance given their form, but at the same time, we know how calm have been that they they do sort of pop up with the the right sort of results. But um, there's not massive realms of possibility that they can't get a win there. And if both of those two got a win, it a would really sink Dijon. But b, like you say, it starts dragging a couple of those extra teams back into back into the fold, and that will make a really really interesting end of the season if they do carry on struggling. Those uh, those teams still above them. Uh, what would your prediction be in this one then, Adam? Do you think Gangnam get it? Uh, I'm going to say two each. Uh, I'm going to go for a two-nil Monaco win. <laughs> I, really, uh, I think that the 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 loss in midweek and the loss um, in the cup final, I think, may have negatively affected Gengot more than we might have realised just yet. And uh, a defeat here with the the results that they have have to get after that, really, they'll they'll be laser focused really that that stressful game maybe a revenge game but then it's it their attention completely shifts to that con game really because you can't see much points coming out of, of marseille or away at nice at least anyway so then they they really have to win that um game against the Bristol side if they get the chance to really to, to face the normandy side it um, and, and 
still have a chance of, of staying up. So I, I, I'm going for the 2-0 Monaco uh, win. That's all for this evening. My thanks to Adam and all of you listening at home. Uh, join us for the main show, which will be back on Monday. But for now, enjoy your weekend of football.